we are looking at the subject of prayer and so far the lord has faithfully led us into various fields of revelations that are meant to shape our destinies and our lives the right way and that is a wonderful thing um for the purpose of my strength i'll be sipping in little bits of my tea whilst teaching i apologize for any indecency and ethics and uh, paul said that i try to do what i do so that by all means i would be able to win some and that is what i'm trying to do to be able to preach and focus on the word of god if needs be that i should be sipping little bits of tea and bread to be able to teach the word so i apologize ahead of time amen but that is not the focus it's not the food the word of god is the focus and the by the grace of god we've looked at a number of things that should help us come to a place of um i should say success in our christian work especially things that pertains to our prayer life we saw how jesus had a life of prayer and his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray and in teaching them how to pray he addressed so many things so many things in just a short period of time and we found out that when you are praying really what you are doing is that you are seeking for divine intervention over any given situation on the basis of the word of god you know you are asking for help that is beyond the land of the living or i should say help that cannot be produced or provided by human effort human wisdom cannot bring it to pass no amount of money you understand no amount of wisdom no amount of beauty there is nothing humanly possible that can bring the answer we need unless we travel unless we travel to the place beyond the land of the living unless we enter into the place of the spirit to deal with the father of all spirit john 4:24 says god is a spirit and they that worship him 
must worship him in spirit. So it requires a spiritual journey to come into alignment with God and to secure his attention. And that is what the Holy Spirit has been leading us to do so far. And it's been a wonderful journey. I have been so blessed tremendously. I don't know about you, but I have really been blessed. You have no idea. Even though I'm the one teaching the word. You know, one of the things that happens to me is that even though I spend a lot of time trying to study and to learn, even from the scriptures, when I begin to teach it, it's like the Lord opens up to me more and more wealth of revelation and understanding that even I probably may have. Sometimes when I sit here to speak, it's not that I've written some of these things down that I'm quoting them, but the Holy Spirit finds expression on my spirit and starts to give revelations and then scriptures that I have memorized even that I've forgotten long ago. He will bring it into my remembrance. So I'll pick my phone and be checking. Say, hey. So I have been blessed so much. And I know you've also been blessed. And I believe that we are going to be blessed today too. Amen. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. I am starting a series on what to pray for what to pray for we are dealing with the subject of prayer we dealt with what we need to be able to pray now i'm going to what to pray for because it looks like when it comes to prayer it's about telling god our needs I need a toothbrush. I need some hundred dollars. I need some rice and chicken wings. I need some tea. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so if you have prayed for the tea, if you have prayed for the chicken wings and you have got, what else can you pray for again? Hallelujah. What else can we really, really pray for? If all we have to ask, you know, for is our needs. And our needs are met. What do you then pray for? You are believing God to bless you with a, a computer. Say, God, please bless me with a computer. And God either blesses you with a computer through another person or gives you a job that pays you quite a good amount of money to be able to afford a computer now that you have it what else do you pray for do you just sit down and wait till you have another need and then you ask that is the question you'll be surprised to find out that many christians have this understanding that the only time they need to pray is when they are in need. It's a very shocking thing. 
but it is not their fault because you know we are all at different stages of growth in our relationship with God. The more you mature, my wife, why are you smiling like that? <laughs> You see, this is the this is the truth of the matter. Based on the level of growth you are, will determine what is important to you, or what you see as important. Do you understand what that means? It means if you are like Mommy Carol's grandchildren, or you are like Khalil and Ori, there are certain things that will be important to you. But when you grow up to become like me and my wife and mommy Caroline, okay, let's just come between me and my wife. We are at a certain age. And so there are other things that will be valuable to us and we will want them. Mommy Caroline has gone beyond the age of 50. And so what will be important to her will be totally different. Or what she may seem as the most important thing will not be we will be like, ah, no, 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 mommy Caroline, this one, I don't think it's important. But when we grow and we get to an age, we will now realize that, hey, we need this one. We need what she needed. Khalil and Ori and grandchildren, they just need some lollipop and toys and that is all. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. And so, when you find out that a Christian or a child of God, or someone who claims to be a child of God, is at a certain level in his or her understanding of God, about God and the things of God, it shows you the level of stage he is in. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. The Bible starts with the baby stage. The baby stage of our Christian faith. And it tells us what to do as a baby in Christ, as a baby in God, what we should pray for and what we should desire. Please read it. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. First Peter chapter two verse two. Amen. First lady. Mommy Caroline, if you are there, please go ahead. Read it for us. Okay, uh, Pastor. Um, First Peter chapter two verse two. Mm -hmm. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that all of you may grow thereby. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
My wife, what does your version say? Please give me a second. Give me with the kids, please. As newborn babies desire what? Milk of the word. So, the word of God has different stages. There is the milk stage. Go ahead, babe. Right. Is it, um, we're doing Luke 18 and 1. We haven't started with Luke 18 yet. First Peter, Which one? First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. You should you should long for the pure milk of God's word. It will help you grow up as believers. So you see, as newborn babies desire the milk of the word. So the, the word of God, there is the milk stage. And of course, you can't keep on drinking breast milk and milk all the rest of your life. You must mature to a stage where you no longer feed on milk, but you feed on meat. So the Bible says that there is a certain stage, if you have not gotten there, then you are still a child. And that is why your desires and your requests will always be about things that concerns milk and not meat. Once people are enjoying chicken, Chicken wings, goat meat, cow meat. You are just drinking milk. Hallelujah. So Hebrews chapter 5 talks about the other stage. 5.14. Look at Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 14. Solid food is for those who are grown up. They have trained themselves to tell the difference between good and evil. That shows they have grown up. Solid food. Okay, start from verse 13 so that you see what he say. Why the reason why he said for solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still a baby. That person does not want to learn about living a godly life. So you see, when you are at the baby stage of your Christian life or your Christian faith, <laughs> there are certain things you will not desire. 
You understand? There are certain things that would not make sense to you. Like, and one of them is living a holy, godly, righteous life. When we talk about holiness, you fight against it. You refute it with strength. Grace all the time. Yeah. And I tell you that the scriptures on grace, it will be your favorite scriptures. The Bible says we are saved by grace. All the time. But when you begin to mature and you start to exercise a certain level of discipline, it moves from grace to now working on yourself. And so, even in your prayer life, you can be at the stage of a child. You understand? When you start to mature, your prayer life changes. Hallelujah. Your prayer life is different from when you are a child. Don't be deceived. That's why if you are talking with someone who is matured spiritually than you. If he says things, it, does, it will not make sense to you. You will not accept it. You will not, because what he's saying to you is, what? I, I, I decide that's not what the Bible says, is what you would say. Until you mature. Now when you come, they say, hey, what you said was true. <laughs> I have now realized it. Amen. So we need to grow up. We start from the milk, then we go to strong meat, chicken wings. Hallelujah. Then what's the essence of your teeth becoming strong? And what's the essence of you developing teeth? The teeth were given to you by God so that you can chew strong meat and crack bones. Huh? Do you understand the word of God? Are you is it clear? Are we understanding it? Are we being blessed? Are you blessed? Is it making sense to you already? I can't hear you. Amen. Hallelujah. So I, I don't want to be stuck at the stage of a baby. I don't want, I, I hate it. A baby is too weak. The devil can overcome you. You, you, you are too weak. I don't want to stuck at that level of being a baby. You don't have muscles. You don't have strength. You always be defeated. You can't even fight. And as a baby Christian, you are trying to fight a devil that has been there for thousands of years. Who was, who was even able to convince angels to rebel against God? And you want to defeat? You can't. That's why you need to feed yourself and mature and become strong. I don't want to be a baby. Amen. Miss Caroline, are you okay? I just have a headache, Father. 
this. I passed it. Just it, it's gonna go away. Put your hand there. Let me pray for you. Thou spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Out of her body. Amen. You are healed. So we must strive to grow up. Even you, you as a normal parent, if your child doesn't grow up, you are not happy. You expect your children to mature. You see, when they are children and you are teaching them and they are making mistakes, you want them to mature so that they will not repeat certain things. How much more you? Do you think God doesn't expect you to mature? Where you don't need him to come and tell you that this thing is wrong. Where you are disciplined, you know that I must wash the dish at this time. I must do laundry. Without him have coming to tell you. Huh? You know, amazingly, sometimes me and my wife, our children, my wife will be like, I have told him, I've told her. To do this, I've, I've, I taught him how to do this and that, and he's still not learning. I see my wife desiring some form of maturity in the boy, I say, or in the girl. I say, hey, babe, it's not easy. And sometimes she becomes upset, really upset with them. How much more God? Not becoming upset with us when he's expecting us to mature. I'm sure God will be upset with you as you have come and you are knelt down and you are, you are, you are, you are smiling in your prayer and all you are coming to ask for is for milk. You just look at you and say, Look at this boy. <laughs> you are not serious. Look at this girl. Look, look. You see, uh, one of the things that happens when you begin to mature. In even in your Christian life and in your prayer life, is that you no longer pray for things for yourself. You start now praying for things that pleases God and makes God happy. You now become interested in the desires of the heart of the Father. Initially, to just be about you. I want this, I want that. But when you begin to mature, when you come into even the prayer closet, Lord, I am not here to ask for a car or a man or anything. I just want to ask, what can I do to make you happy? It's a different stage of prayer. Or you just come and say, oh, I just came to spend time with you to tell you I love you. And I'm just here. Today I've taken off time from work. When you are at a, Christian, a baby stage, you value your work more important than your prayer life. But when you begin to mature, you wish to leave your job and go and spend time with God. Hmm? You see that the craving of your soul, you'll be willing to lose a few thousands or hundreds or fifties of dollars to just be, be there with God. You, it, it shouldn't give you money. It shouldn't give you, you just want to be there with Him and just be in His presence. It's a level. Hallelujah. But my question is, what we have always thought that prayer is about is just telling God our needs. But it is much more than that. And my question, my question is, after that need is met, what do you do? Do you now just sit down and just go and play and play until 
you break the toy and then you come back again and say, God, I need another toy or another doll. No. And so we have to mature. Hallelujah. To be honest with you, I wanted to come and teach a very important subject. But I began to think about the subject and say, if I teach about this subject now, many people's face will be sad right now. They will not be happy in hearing what I have to say. Because probably their maturity level is not there. They are not there yet. So I decided to hold. I've told you before that I wanted to teach on a particular subject, but I've not taught it. I said I'll teach about death. Death, dying, dying, dying. Yeah. I know people don't want to hear it, but I want to show you something. Hmm? I want to show you something from the scriptures. John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. Please read it. John chapter 16, verses the number 13. John 16, 13. The King James first, and then we go to my wife's version. It's 16 and 30 or 13? 1-3-13. John chapter 16, verse 13. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. Amen. Mama? But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is still going to happen look at the phrase it will guide you into all truth can you see it but when the spirit of truth is come it will guide you into not some or a few or the truth you want to hear and choose to refuse other truths but all truths including death Eh? The work of the Holy Spirit is to make sure he reveals every the full picture. Half, if you present a half picture to a person, you, you might as well not present the picture at all because it is not a complete picture. An, in, an, an incomplete picture is not a full picture. An incomplete truth, half truth is not the real, is not the whole thing. So when the Holy Spirit comes, one of his work is to guide you into 
all, not some, or a few. But the whole syllabus, the whole package is what he's bringing. And you must be willing to accept the entire package, not the ones you feel like you like. Oh, I need this makeup, so I'll take this one and reject this one. No. And so, and truth is painful, oh. Truth is like a sword. It will cut you. You will feel the pain. <laughs> truth. Truth. When you are wrong and you are being told you are wrong. And the spirit of pride must be dealt with. Sometimes my wife would tell me, you are wrong. And I have to accept it. I can't allow pride. Sometimes immediately, everything inside me want to reject it. But because it is the truth and it's it's painful, but you have to accept and say, Yes, you are right. Ask my wife many times, I've told her, Yes, you are right. And sometimes you are right. I will come to that conclusion over a series of arguments. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, myself, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm being honest because the truth, hi. It's very painful but it is for our own good so one of the work the specialty of the work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal truth to you whether it will be bitter you must will you must accept it you think if you are diagnosed with a certain disease and the medicine the doctor is the prescription is going to be bitter you look at you and say, oh, I'm not going to prescribe it you are joking for that disease or that problem to be dealt with, he must tell you that you need this medication. Even if it will cost you a million dollars, he will tell you. So that however you get the money to get the medication, you, you make sure you get the money because you need it to deal with the disease, the virus that is affecting you, that is about to end your life. So truth is medicine. And the word of God is truth. The Bible says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Let me show it to you so that you see that I'm not the one saying it. Look at it. Hmm? John chapter 17 verse 17. Let's go. Amen. What does your version say, uh, Miss Caroline? Go to my wife. John seventeen seventeen says, "Sanctify." them through your truth your word is truth his word is Amen. what his word is truth what does your, your word truth mm -hmm. says, sanctify them through your truth your word is truth hmm. sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth 
read babe read the scripture god bless you Which one? What is it, John? 17, verse 17. Okay. It's a good fight, babe. No. Use the truth to make them holy. Your word is truth. Use the truth to make them holy. What is the word holy? Is it H-O-L-Y or W-H-O-L-L-Y? You see that thing? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Use your word to make them holy. It means the word is going to bath you, shower you, and wipe away every form of death. Every filthy. And I'm telling you that. Do you know that there are people who don't like bathing? Do you know that there are people who doesn't like bathing, like taking their shower? Yes. Oh, yes. There are people who don't like taking their shower. Hallelujah. So the word of God is there to help us. I've spoken as led by the Spirit of God on this subject. Let me go into what to pray for. Hallelujah. Are you blessed already? Are you blessed already? Is, is, is something happening to your spirit? Are you is the word of God touching your soul? Hmm? So we need to mature. Okay. In our prayer life, there are things we must mature to start praying for. I remember just a couple, probably two months ago. I watched a documentary of a man of God that said the Lord took him to heaven. Jesus visited him and took him to heaven. And Jesus told him that this year there has been a lot of prayers. But all the prayers that have come are selfish prayers. Nobody has prayed for his will. And he said, he's amazed. He said, the Lord told him, I'm surprised. He said, they've prayed a lot this year. But all the prayers is personal... <laughs> He said the Lord showed him the list. Look at this one. Asking for money. This one. This one. Marry this one. Hey! What about the Lord? Hallelujah. You know in a relationship it's not just about one person, right? I have to make sure I do that which will please you and make you happy. You have to make sure you do what will please me and make me happy. It's not always one side. According to the system of the world, it's like we have to make women happy all the time rather than them trying to make us happy. Really. It's like when you look at how it is, and, and this is a truth. I'm telling you. I have said the truth. I will not hide it. It's like the woman is the one that is supposed to always be happy and excited. And things must be done for her so that she can smile. But most people hardly think about what can the woman also do to make the man happy. A lot of times... 
It's like, babe, it's about babe, it's about babe. But that's not what the Bible says. When you come to the Bible, huh, it is pleasing the woman and the woman pleasing you. When you are married. Huh? You know, they, they make funny jokes on TikTok and all these places and post it. That, oh, even if the woman is didn't cook for you, you have to still care. And you get up and go and cook and come and serve her on the bed while she's trying to sleep. That is love. You care. You are joking. She must get up and be disciplined to go and cook. It's not always about the women. It's always also about the man. And that's why sometimes marriages and relationships suffer. Because it is always about one person, one person, one person. You know, if I do something and it goes back to me, my wife will tell me it's not fair. You are not playing fair. What about me? She will tell me that. And I talked, I feel like she's rather not playing fair because it's always about her, not me. You know, and she tells me, no, you are not playing fair. Allow me also. But that is the truth. Amen. So, we need to mature. Now, I want you to look at these specific revelations. Luke chapter 18, that is our main scripture. Verse 1, Luke 18, 1. Look at what the Bible says. Read it. My wife receives strength in Jesus' name. I'm sorry, could you repeat the chapter and stuff? Luke 18, 1. Okay, um, oh, sorry, sorry. okay, Miss Caroline, if you are there, read it first, and then my wife. Uh, Luke 18, uh, chapter, well, chapter 18, verse 1. Um, and he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray. And not to faint. Amen. Okay, my wife, you can read your version. And, let, and then, Miss Caroline, go open to First Thessalonians 5.17. It's in the New Testament. Thessalonians 5.17. Okay, so mine says, Jesus told his disciples a story. He should, uh, they should always pray and not give up. Hallelujah. And then first Thessalonians chapter five, verse seventeen. First Thessalonians five seventeen. Hi, Bria. Hi, Papa. How are you? Welcome. Yeah. Um, Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 17. 
pray without ceasing. Amen. Pray without what? Ceasing. Which means? Stopping. Pray without stopping. That's what it looks like. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing is Apostle Paul saying it, repeating the same statement Jesus made. In Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul also commanded us to pray without ceasing. What does that tell you? It tells you that prayer covers a very wide range of issues that should keep you and I productively engaged. If you can write it down, it will be a blessing. If Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to stop, in Luke 18:1, and Apostle Paul also commands us that we should not stop praying. Then it is obvious that prayer covers a very wide range of issues that should keep you and I productively engaged. Should I repeat it? Or you are okay with it. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? My wife, Bria. Are you guys there with me? Are you writing it down? Yeah. I am saying that. Well, I'm not the one saying it. That's the, what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that Jesus said we should pray without stopping. In Luke 18:1, Paul also said we should pray without stopping. What does that tell you? What it means is that prayer is so important. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Prayer is so important that it covers a wide range of issues that should keep you and I engaged, actively involved in doing it. You understand? Without it being boring and repetitious. Or I should say useless repetition or boring repetition. You know, some people find prayer to be very boring. It's like, I have to pray Monday, pray Tuesday, pray Wednesday. Ah, it's boring to them. But prayer should be an exciting thing and a fulfilling thing for you and I. 
as Christians and New Testament believers who are in alignment with Jesus. Amen. Prayer must be exciting. It shouldn't be boring. Prayer becomes boring when we don't, like I said, we have not matured, number one. Because there are some activities that are boring to children. And there are some activities that will make them become live. Hey. And so, you can physically be matured. You'll be 30 years, you'll be 40 years, but you are a baby spiritually. And so, you will not even be interested in prayer. Or anything spiritual that must build you up and make you grow. You are not interested in it. When you have to do things that is about fun. Oh, um, um, women gathering together or men gathering together to go and have a party, eat and drink and laugh. Uh, that one you are excited. But when it is time for fasting and prayers and Bible studies and teaching and scripture, you find excuses. We cannot be such people. We must be different. Hallelujah. And so, prayer should be exciting for us. Hallelujah. Now, when you take a critical look at the things Jesus said, you can draw a wide range of prayer topics that will continue to guarantee our open heavens and divine intervention over our situation. Amen. When we'll study the subject Jesus taught, what we will realize is that there are so many things we can pray about that will help heaven or that will help us or allow heaven, I should say, allow heaven to be open over our lives. Amen. I think I'll, I'll, I'll stop here. I'll not continue. Um, I'll continue with what to pray. The number of things we need to pray for. Or I should say, I should make a statement and say, I wanted to teach on the subject guidance guidance is one of the prayers we need to pray for guidance i've just probably like 15 minutes to close okay look okay let me just go ahead and teach it however and wherever we stop glory to god luke chapter 11 verses 4 bria my wife is Caroline. Please open to Luke 11, verses 4. And let us read it.
forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to, to, to temptation. Is that the right one? Yeah. Just that your voice was very little. It's okay, but I heard you. Oh, sorry. Thank you. All right. My wife. Welcome, woman of God. Hello, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Miss Caroline, please go ahead. Read it from the King James. Luke chapter 11, verse 4. Luke chapter 11, verse 4. Um, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. I'm focusing on the part B. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into tempta temptation. When the Bible says, lead us not into temptation, what it is actually saying is that lead us in the safe and the right ways to the path of life. Hmm? Lead us not into temptation means lead us into the safe because when you are not tempted you are safe if you are tempted you are not safe so when you are actually praying leaders not into temptation you are asking for a direction so i'm teaching on the subject direction in prayer what you must pray for one of the things you have to pray for by looking at what jesus said is prayer for direction now, write this one down. The secret of every star in the kingdom is guidance. Or I should say, the secret of every kingdom star is divine guidance. The secret of becoming a star in any field you find yourself is guidance or direction. Hallelujah. Are you there? Can you say that one more time, please? The secret or the key to becoming a star in the kingdom of God is divine guidance or direction or leading. Have you written it down? Look at what David said in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. Why wouldn't he lack? Then he began to explain the reason why. Hmm? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And that is why I will not lack. So when God becomes your 
guidance it leads you in a safe and a right path to a place of distinction and excellence so prayers for guidance are one of the most important things you must learn to pray for amen when you look at david yesterday we looked at david you know today too we are looking at david when you look at david he was a great man of war he fought so many battles and yet he never lost any battle why what was his secret how can a person fight battles upon battles and doesn't even lose one is he a magician <laughs> what made him so great and people started making songs about him hmm? he had a secret of seeking for guidance before making a decision into any adventure of life he was a man of research spiritual research always making inquiries now some of us we are good at making inquiries when it comes to things that pertains to weaving lipstick shoes bags um so how much is this bag and okay can you please ship it and how much is the shipping fee okay i like the the pink oh it's a little pink it's a little you know touchy and pink uh, all kinds of inquiries <laughs> oh 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 excuse me ma'am uh, can you please direct me to the shop where they sell the ice cream like i need a cupcake ice cream the one you know hey Interested in Huh? We are we are we are excellent inquiries or making inquiries when it comes to weaver. Hey girl, how are you? I saw you wearing a weaver last time. How much did you buy? Oh, it looks great. I like it. Oh yeah. Where, where can I get one? Can you please give me the direction? Is it is it strong? Is it lasting? You are making inquiries for Weavon. No problem. No problem. What about your destiny? What about your life? What about your soul? What about your future? What about your destiny? Would you also sit down to go through the length of making inquiries about your life. Because in order for you to have distinction and quality life, you must be willing to go on an, on a, on an adventure, on a journey. Many people are not... people. You see, people, people don't love theirself, themselves. What do I mean by that? They don't care about their soul. They don't care about their destiny, where they will end up, whether in heaven or hell. They are not interested. 
If you claim to really love yourself, it's not putting makeup on your face and showering and shaving your armpit and cleaning your... All these things, you are joking. This body, you will die and leave it here. This body, can't you see how the body smells? Everybody body smells if you don't bath it and make sure you apply some deodorant and roll on and spray and collume and perfume and all you will smell and you will see how amazing it is for 10 30 50 years of a girl's life or a boy's life all she's been doing is been making inquiry as to how to keep this body that will eventually die but not even one day of inquiry about a soul, about a destiny. This is a very sad thing. If you are to become a star in your field, you must learn to lay hold on information. Information is the key. And this time around, the information we are seeking for is divine information information that is coming from heaven information that is not limited information that is beyond scientific research information that is beyond the intellect of Harvard and college and whatever hallelujah so guidance is important David was a man that sought guidance Whenever he had to go for a battle or had to make something, he sought for guidance. And we are going to look at one of the things he did in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 to 25. 2 Samuel chapter 5, 17 to 25. 2 Samuel chapter the number 5. 17 to 25. If you are there, please read it. Actually, I prefer different versions also. Really. Yeah. Shinish, are you there? Bria, are you there? Chapter 5, verses 17 to 25. Second Samuel, chapter the number five. Amen. You said chapter five, verse seventeen. Yes, please. Okay. Um. But when the Philistines heard, Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines, the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley.